Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome today to our update on Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken Bear with Faith Dialogue. Uh, we call this podcast Prophecy Countdown uh, because we try, to, uh, uh, we try to give you two updates every single week. Our Sunday update is typically right from the scriptures. Uh, today, for example, on Sunday, uh, we will be in chapter 11 of, uh, of the Gospel of Matthew. And we'll be going through that. We go through the Gospels uh, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. Um, but then on Wednesdays, Wednesdays uh, beginning at 11 o'clock, our, our uh, Prophecy Update um, premieres. And our Prophecy Update comes from people like you that send us questions on prophecy, anything to do with Bible prophecy. We'd love to hear your questions. We respond to every single question that comes into us. Our, our email address is a little long, but it's easy to remember. It's the Prophecy Countdown Podcast at gmail.com. That's prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. We respond to all of those, and that's where we get our, our questions. Um, the question we had this, this week was on, was on the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and it also gives us a chance then to talk about the four horsemen in general and then go through each one of these, uh, these, uh, these, these end-time individuals that are shown symbolically uh, to the Apostle John. But I want today I want to talk a little bit about uh, what we call the messenger, the messenger. And that messenger was none other than John the Baptist. So John the Baptist uh, is in prison. This is the setting. John the Baptist is in prison, and he sends his disciples to go find Jesus and to ask him on a very important question. So let me read that to you. It's a little bit long for today. I typically like to do four or five verses. This is a little bit longer, uh, but I'll go through it, and then we'll talk a little bit about John the Baptist and why this question is pertinent. was pertinent for John, uh, 2,000 years ago, and it's pertinent for us as well today. This is chapter 11, uh, beginning in verse 1. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in other cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the one coming, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the dead hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out to, into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft garments are in king's houses. But what did you go to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and much more than a prophet. For this is he whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. 
And if you're willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let them hear. That's verse 15. You know, in, in our text today, Jesus is in his, his second year of, of ministry. Uh, he's being a, asked by a question uh, by disciples of, of John the Baptist. And they come to, to him because John the Baptist has heard of all the things that Jesus is doing. Uh, but at the same time, John has some questions. And the reason he has questions is because, quite frankly, John the, Baptize, the, the Baptist, now that's not actually his name. I like calling him John the Baptizer because that's what he was doing. He wasn't part of the Southern Baptist Convention. He didn't go to a Southern Baptist school. But he's called John the Baptist because that's what he, what he one of the things he was called to do was to bring a baptism of repentance to the people of Israel prior to the coming of the Savior. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, about John the Baptist. I want to put my Bible down for a minute and just kind of talk to you based on, on what we know Scriptures has to say. Um, John is the, the son of a, a godly couple, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah was a, a priest. He served in the temple, and Elizabeth was his wife. Now, they were elderly, we don't know how old that means. All we know is that uh, Elizabeth had not been able to conceive. And as a result, they were childless. And now Elizabeth is advanced in years, meaning that she's much less likely to conceive at this time. Um, and her husband, uh, Zachariah, is a priest. Now, he's, in the, he's serving in the temple. And while he's serving in the temple, the angel Gabriel appears to him. Now, this, I'm sure, uh, startled him. And Gabriel told him that uh, he and Elizabeth were going to have a son. And they were to name their son John. Um, and he will bring joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Now, when, when Gabriel told Zachariah about his son, who was ultimately become John the baptizer, this is what he says. He says, he will be great, this is John the Baptist, in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and indicating he's probably, you know, probably a Nazarene. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. And turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now again, you know, we, we call him John the Baptist, but actually John was, was a great prophet. Uh, Jesus said that he was the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. And the thing is, is that John, and this is the lesson for us, my friends, John was fully surrendered to do the will of the Lord, the one that had called him to prepare a people. He was fully surrendered to do that. Uh, he was called the lone voice in the wilderness. He proclaimed the coming of the Messiah to, to a people who desperately needed a Savior. Now, we also know that John was a, a, a relative of Jesus. He was a second cousin. You likely remember the story of Mary being informed by the same angel Gabriel that she, even though she was a virgin, was going to conceive and give birth to uh, a, a, a male child who was to be named Jesus. And Mary visited her cousin Elizabeth, and when she visited Elizabeth, uh, John the Baptist, John who was in utero, uh, in Elizabeth's uh, womb, uh, jumped for joy. The scripture said, when, when Jesus, who came in with Mary, came into the room. Now, 
Again, John was called the Baptist, but he was actually a great prophet. The very first prophet in a period of 400 years. From the time of Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, to the time of John the Baptist, there's a period of 400 years. It's called the silent period because there were no prophets during that time. And then John the Baptist comes on the scene. Now, the prophecy of Isaiah, um, uh, the prophecy of, of uh, Isaiah was repeated by the angel Gabriel that, that this child John uh, would go in the spirit of, of Elijah is repeated by Jesus that he, in fact, for those that could hear it, he was actually John, he was actually the one that was to come in the spirit of Elijah. Now, the Bible doesn't give us any clue that there were any miracles uh, that were demonstrated by, by John, but at the same time, John's birth was, was miraculous. He was born, again, of elderly parents who had never been able to have children. At, at the circumcision ceremony, Zechariah, his father, has a prophecy. And this is what he says. He says, you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High God, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him. You know, this is John the Baptist. This is this amazing man of faith who was completely sold out, who was a relative, a blood relative of Jesus the Christ, living in the same general area, and ministering together. And Jesus says, Assuredly I say to you, among those born of women, there is not one risen, one greater than John the Baptist. So Jesus knows exactly who John the Baptist is. But you know who doesn't? John. You know, it was two years prior to this that Jesus came out of the desert and was baptized by, by John the Baptist. You know, John had baptized, uh, he called the people to repentance. There were tens of thousands of people coming to John in the desert. Um, he, he baptized them. He wanted to cleanse their hearts, to renew their spirits for the Messiah. Uh, but now he's in, in prison. And it had been two years since Jesus came to him and, and was baptized. Well, here's the thing. John was a, a, fiery, a fiery preacher. Uh, he called sin, sin. I love it when preachers are willing to stand up and call sin, sin. He called it the leaders, the religious elite, uh, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, and it caused quite a stir among the people. But the people loved it because they were skeptical of these religious leaders anyway. They could see their hypocrisy. But then John also called out Herod, and he went further and he named Herod's wife, Herodias. And Herodias was Herod's niece. Herod had divorced his wife in order to marry his niece. Well, Herodias was furious and determined to silence this John the Baptist. You know, she seized the opportunity, the scriptures tell us, at a birthday party that was given for Herod. It was a huge feast. It was, he was the king in Israel at the time. Herodias set about a plan to have uh, you know, John the Baptist put to death. She had her own daughter, what we know as Salome, it's not actually given that name in the Bible, some extra biblical activity or writings name her as uh, Salome, uh, perform a very sexually provocative dance, not only for Herod, but for all of those in attendance. It was to, it was to get them all excited. And, and Herod was very well pleased. And he said, ask me for anything you like and I will give it to you even up to half of my kingdom. Well, that's the word of the king. And after he said that, he was probably sorry because Herodias, uh, um, 
uh, her, this daughter um, we know as Salome went to, went to uh, her mother, Herodias, and said, what should I ask for? And the scriptures say that she says, ask for the head of John the Baptist. So this is the, this is the context. John the Baptist is in prison. It has been two years since he baptized Jesus. John, you know, when G Jesus came to John the Baptist to be baptized, John the Baptist did not want to baptize Jesus. Uh, he felt that Jesus should be baptizing him, and Jesus said, no, uh, permit it to be so. And Jesus needed to, wanted to be baptized. Now, it's, Scripture tells us uh, that, this is what it says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, uh, heaven was opened. And he saw, this is John the Baptist, saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on Jesus, and a voice from heaven was heard by John, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Well, this cemented this, this, this notion that John had, this, this prophecy that he was fulfilling, that he was the forerunner of the Messiah. It was just a, a, a matter of time. You know, he had no doubts at all that in a matter of time, just a few, uh, a few weeks, a few months, within a couple years for sure, Jesus would assume the throne of his ancestor David. He would begin to fulfill all of what the prophets had, had said. Daniel and Isaiah, Ezekiel and Hosea, Jeremiah, all of these prophets had spoken about uh, this, this time of the end when uh, the Messiah would come and fulfill all of the promises given to the people of Israel. But the problem was that was two years prior. John is now in prison. Herodias hasn't danced yet because that's a very short period of time from the time she, she dances to the time that John the Baptist's head is put on a platter. John is in prison and he has some doubts. He's wondering because it's been taken so long. Here he is in prison. He's no longer baptizing people and he's heard great reports of Jesus, but he, he has doubts. Does that ever happen to you? Do you have doubts regardless of your faith, regardless of how much you study your Bible, regardless of how much time you spend in prayer? Do you, do you sometimes have doubts about maybe what God has called you to do or what he's revealed to you or what you believe is, is coming? John sends messengers to Jesus and he has them ask, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Are you the Messiah, Jesus? Or, or is there another one coming? Was I mistaken that my cousin that was born in Bethlehem was actually the Messiah. And Jesus answers and he says, I love this. He says, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. What Jesus is saying is that Jesus is saying that he is fulfilling all of the works that were associated with the coming Messiah, that the lame would walk, the blind would see, the lepers would be cleansed. Jesus was doing that to fulfill that part of the prophecies of the coming of the Messiah. Jesus wanted to assure both John and his disciples that he was, in fact, the Messiah. But here's the thing. There was a mystery this mystery was never revealed to John, was never revealed to the Old Testament prophets. They believed that when, the, when the, the Messiah came, that he would fulfill all these things. But we now, in our rearview mirror, looking back over 2,000 years, we know what 
that neither Ezekiel nor Daniel nor Isaiah nor Hosea nor even Jeremiah understood. This mystery was what we call the age of the church, that the Gentiles would be grafted in, that it was going to be about grace and faith in Jesus Christ, that everyone who believed, regardless of whether they were Jew or Gentile or slave or free or male or female, they could be made one with Christ. Um, Christ came to live a sinful life, to fulfill the law and to die on the cross for the sin of the world. That was what we know as his first coming. He was going to fulfill what the, he was going to be the second Adam to fulfill what the first Adam could not fulfill, could, had not fulfilled. But here's the thing. The mystery tells us also that Jesus will come again. You know, anytime, every time you pray the Lord's Prayer, you say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. This is the part of the mystery of the second coming of Jesus Christ, that he will come. And when Jesus comes again, he will come as the victorious King of kings and Lord of lords. And my friends, that time for Jesus' return is quickly approaching. As we close, let me clue you in on another coming. And that coming is the second coming of this, this John the Baptist in the, in the spirit of Elijah. It's not that John the Baptist will come back, but the spirit of Elijah will come again on someone just prior to the coming of the Lord. Uh, 2,000 years ago, John the Baptist was born and came in the spirit of Elijah to fulfill the prophecy that Elijah would return just prior to the coming of the Lord. In the book of Revelation, we see two prophets. One, of the, uh, one that most scholars speculate is none other than one that comes in the spirit of Elijah. This, this one prophet that stands in the streets of Jerusalem during three and a half years of the tribulation, brings down fire from heaven, he shuts up the sky so there's no rain, exactly like Elijah did in the Old Testament. That second coming is upon us, my friends. Uh, just as John the Baptist was, was sent to bring repentance, to prepare a people's heart, I believe today the church's role is to prepare the people's heart for the second coming of the Lord. It's coming quickly. As the early church said, Maranatha, which is come quickly, Lord Jesus. Well, let me close with that. That's a, that's a great place to close. This man, John the Baptist, was the greatest prophet of all time. But he had some doubts. And I, my friends, I've never met a Christian, a pastor, doesn't matter who they are, uh, that hasn't had doubts. And I'm including myself in that. But at the same time, we, we stay faithful to what the Lord has called us to do. We read the scriptures, we believe what the Bible has to say, and we will look forward to, with great anticipation, to the second coming of Jesus Christ, what Paul calls, the Apostle Paul calls, the blessed hope, the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me pray. Father God, I want to thank you. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today.